Welcome to another one of my podcasts. This is Jim Caval, founder of Influencer, and uh, always honored when you take some time to listen to uh, our journey, hopefully learn some things from different things we share, whether it's an interview with uh, an athlete or a sports uh, leader, or or like this, it's a talk I gave at uh, Samford University's business school. Samford has uh, an amazing leader for their sports analytics and marketing program, a guy named Darren White, who's been in the sports game as a coach, professor, author, uh, and thought leader for decades now. And Darren uh, had me come speak to uh, his sports marketing class. And uh, this is the first ever sports analytics department uh, in America. It's uh, one of the only sports marketing departments in the Southeast. And uh, if you don't know where Samford is, it's in Birmingham, Alabama, which happens to be where uh, we are based with Influencer, and um, it's, it's a pretty amazing university and institution. So with all that being said, I got to speak to the class and really talk about the origin story of Influencer, my story as an entrepreneur, and the opportunity at hand for us to really disrupt the sports industry, um, the sports media industry, really. And, um, and so I really want you to check it out. Uh, if you have uh, thoughts, you can always tweet me at Jim Caval, and uh, of course, um, you know I'm always uh, open for feedback, so uh, ideas, all that kind of stuff. So hit me up on Twitter. In the meantime, here we go. My talk to the Samford University Business School Sports Marketing class. Uh, so let's welcome Jim. Thank you, Darren. So how many, be honest, how many of you wish that, that you were like every other school in Birmingham today and you had classes canceled? It's okay, you can be honest. Well, you're hopefully going to leave here happy that it wasn't because we're going to have fun. We're going to dream a little bit. I mean, that's why you're in this program, right? You're in this program because you're going to think differently than everyone else and you're going to come up with ideas that are going to help you pick what you're going to do with the rest of your life. And that may seem like a crazy thought now because you're still in college, but I'll tell you, it seems like yesterday that I was going to school with Coach Hedrick, who now coaches here at Samford. He's a basketball coach. He and I went to Montevallo together, and that was I graduated, I guess, 12 years ago we graduated. Long time ago. And, and, and look at us now. We're all grown up. My, my oldest daughter's here. She uh, did have school off today, but she wasn't staying home. It's her birthday. I wanted her to come hang out with me. So, so she's here, ninth grader at Hoover High School. Um, permit opportunities start today for her. She's 15 years old, so I'm trying to distract myself from that. But listen, listen, we're going to spend an hour together. 30 to 45 minutes is going to be me showing you stuff, hopefully that keeps you interested. I'm not here to bore you. I'm here to excite you. I'm here to talk about things that, honestly, guys and gals, like most people that are the powers that be in sports aren't thinking about this, Okay. So what I'm saying is people in their 50s, 60s who have all the power right now, they've worked for decades to be in front office positions, to be athletic directors, to be in positions of power in sports, they're not thinking this way. So look to your left and look to your right and realize that the law of diminishing intent is that one person out of you three will actually take action today. And that's just reality. Be the one out of the three that does, and realize that because my company headquarters is here, we've already, in three months of being open for business, built a team of five and we're growing, 
there's a direct opportunity for you here today through that. But there's an indirect opportunity in that I just love to give because a lot of people have given and mentored me. So if nothing else, I'm down the street. And if you follow up with me, I'm going to engage with you and I'm going to help you in some way. Okay? So let's get going. Sorry, I started preaching. Sunday was yesterday. My pastor got me going. All right, so let's start with, with what, what we're really trying to attack in the marketplace. I'm going to show you a quick two-minute video. I'm big on content. That's why everyone here in the, behind you is filming and doing audio. We got four people creating content right now around this, and we do this every day. You have a, a, a leader of this class, Professor White, that's asked you to have a Twitter account and do a certain amount of tweets and put content out there. Document yourself. Document your journey. Document who you want to be as a leader in sports. That's why these folks are here. And through documenting, you'll see what we've built, content like this. So, so check this out. So first, we're going to start with my story, and we're going to blow through it, but I want you to try to capture the details, because I've been all over the place, and I've learned a lot in my 12-year journey. So it really starts, and that's my wife with me in that picture, and, and it's relevant because she's an entrepreneur as well. It really starts with Nextpex. So Nextpex <clears throat> is a recruiting network that I built, and I, I started building it in 2008. First time I raised money, first time I did anything with technology, and my vision was I was this kid from Syracuse, New York, who ended up at the University of Montevallo because I played college baseball. And I wanted to play in the South. And I knew there were other kids like me, whether they wanted to play close to home or far away from home like me, that weren't blue chip athletes, but they were small division one, division two, junior college caliber athletes with a dream to use their talent to get a scholarship. So we built a network 
that was free for high school kids in states like Alabama, Georgia, Louisiana, partnering with the high school athletic associations. And then we helped them build a profile with their highlight videos, their academic transcripts, and gave them the opportunity to connect with college coaches for that goal of getting a scholarship. And so uh, in our first year, we had over 100 scholarships offer, offers received, and they were in sports like volleyball and baseball and golf, not just football and basketball. And so after two years of building it, we were able to partner with another recruiting outfit. I was able to exit from that brand, and I made a lot of mistakes in it that I look back at now and have learned from. The biggest mistake was we went from a subscription model where high schools were paying us so that their kids could use the technology to an advertising model, which was a big mistake. And I look back, and I can tell you more about why it was a big mistake, but the point is I learned something from that business even though I had some moderate success from it. So then I moved on. In 2010, I was going to a gym down the street called Iron Tribe Fitness. I was at the Homewood location, which uh, is empty now. It's, it's the, the actual Iron Tribe Homewood location is across the street from where it actually started. But I approached the owner of the business and told him I was transitioning out of this business I had built and really thought Iron Tribe could be huge. He did too. And so we partnered up and we started scaling it to more locations. We opened the 281, which is still there. It's over there where Home Depot is. We then opened one downtown in Mountain Brook. And once we had four, we thought, you know, we've really created a repeatable, scalable model. Let's franchise it. We started the franchise company. And we went from four in 2012 to over 40 in 2016. And we started to taper growth. And I was president of the brand. I felt like it was a great time for me as we started slowing down growth to get back into sports because I missed it. It also was a time where my wife wanted to build her business. And so I decided to, to sell my ownership in Iron Tribe, step down as president. This is uh, about a year ago. And uh, we had some great success I was coming off of. We were Inc. 5000 three years in a row. Now, Inc. 5000 is a, basically a, a thing that Inc. Magazine does to try to track three-year growth of every company in America that's not public. And they pick the top 5,000 companies that are America's fastest growing companies. And Iron Tribe was able to get honored as high as the 600th company uh, and as low as maybe I think the 2,000th, but always in the top 2,000 when it came to growth in America, which I was real proud of. And it got me on a stage where I was able to speak like this or get featured uh, in, in outlets, and it gave me a platform where I could share my story, my wins and, and my losses, which I have a losing record, I'll tell you that. Most entrepreneurs do. But I was able to start sharing that with other aspiring entrepreneurs, executives, and uh, something I, I really enjoy to do. That's why I'm here today. So I mentioned my wife. Uh, we started building a company called Glow about a year ago. And she wanted to have a salon. She's been in beauty for two decades, lived in cities like LA, Miami. Um, but I really pushed her on, what is the real upside with a, a salon? It's brick and mortar. It's one location. There's a lot of other salons. Why don't we think about the future and the fact that people love on-demand technology? So we built an app called Glow that she's the CEO of, and beauty professionals are listed on the app and can be booked by women in the market uh, for services. So if you want to get your hair done, download Glow, and somebody will come to your house and do your hair or your dorm. Um, same thing with makeup uh, for a big event, uh, spray tanning, a lot of cool services. So Glow launched at the beginning of this year, and uh, we're past the, we just passed the 300 bookings a month mark, so it's really growing. And we just raised a round of capital for us to launch in Nashville. So it launched in Nashville actually three weeks ago. Um, but the other reason that I left Iron Tribe was I wanted 
to build a brand in sports, and that's what influencer is. And I see a problem when it comes to, not just in sports, but brands in general on social media not being connected to their brand ambassadors. How many of you have seen an athlete do something that really is not so congruent with the team they play for on their Twitter or on their Instagram, right? We've all seen that. We've all seen what can go wrong when that happens. So there's three things that I wanted to address when I started building the influencer brand. The first thing is I wanted to make sure that we were gonna build a, build a brand that would help our clients protect their brand on social media. Because the reality is their team accounts, sports teams, and really all of their recruit, current athlete, and former athlete accounts all represent their brand. So Samford, for instance, Samford football, Samford basketball, has team accounts, and they work on messaging and content for those accounts, but what about their recruits? What about their current players? What about their key alumni? They represent Samford basketball or football as well, right? I wanted to build something that would help teams protect their brand, but also grow their brand. So Samford, uh, Jake, do you know how many followers y'all have on, on Instagram? Uh, 5,000 5, followers Samford Basketball has. But if we take the 15 kids on the team, we add up all their followers. We take some of the key alumni, we take some of the recruits, and we add up all their followers, maybe even some of the coach accounts, we're going to have over 100,000 followers, right? So there's a chance to grow our brand reach when we partner and work together with our student athletes, with our recruits, with our, with our alumni. And then the last thing is add a recruiting asset. I see teams at the college and pro level trying really hard to recruit on social media. Let me give you the example. Going to Alabama football, there's this room. It's probably about a quarter size of, of the room we're in, okay? And um, there's, there's a whole group of guys that are scraping through uh, Twitter and Instagram accounts. And this isn't just Alabama. This, this is happening here at Sanford. This is happening. Every program in America is trying to follow all the recruits and scrape through their social medias to learn more about them so that they can be more effective in the recruiting process. But also, there's a chance to market to your young athletes that are coming into your school. We're going to help you with your personal brand. Yeah, you're going to leave with a degree, but you've stepped onto this field or this court, and you can use that as a platform for whatever you're going to do after sports is over, which is a whole new issue that's a big passion behind why we started at the college sports level. How many people here know stories of great athletes in the big-time college sports level who never made it, right? They were great when they were playing on the big screen at an SEC school or even at Sanford, but all of a sudden, where did they go? What happened? We want to we mitigate that by helping young men think, young women think about their personal brand and how they can leverage it later for a career because their, their personal brand is valuable to a lot of employers. So that was really, those are the three big benefits that drove our, uh, our, our passion behind building this. So what's the problem that we're addressing with Influencer? Well, I talked about there's a, there's a disconnection, and it, it's real. So you have all these school accounts on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Snapchat. Then you have all these team accounts for baseball, basketball, soccer, football, et cetera. Then on the team accounts, you have, I guess, a parent relationship, child relationship, grandchild relationship when it comes to recruits, current athletes, former athletes, who all have individual accounts on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I, I've learned, I know, I'm old. Nobody's on Facebook anymore that's your age. So really, it's just, it's just Twitter and Instagram and Snapchat. Um, but, but there's this disconnect between the parents at the top and the children and grandchildren. 
And so I love this picture. It speaks volumes. I was watching this game at the beginning of this year, uh, overtime game between Memphis and Oklahoma. And uh, the reason I love the picture is I watched it on CBS. I still watch games on TV for the most part. Um, but I know for a fact that many, many viewers, especially under 30, have migrated to consuming games and content on social, right? And even if you go to a sports bar, Buffalo Wild Wings, and you're watching everybody watch the games, you're gonna see this. Oh yeah, yeah, great. And they're scrolling through and they're on their phone and they're, they're consuming content just as much or more here than they are on the TV screen that they came to eat food and watch, right? People miss series of national championship games because they get distracted by a tweet. It's reality. So the reason I love this picture is it speaks volumes because how many young men that Memphis or Oklahoma are recruiting didn't see the game on CBS, but were following that star player on Snapchat and saw his snaps, saw his Instagram story, and that's how they consumed it. He is a channel too. CBS isn't the only channel. That young man is a channel. And so that's how I want to get sports teams and athletes to think. I want them to think like they're a channel. And so what you see when you travel around to most schools is a focus on the don'ts. Don't freestyle rap on your Instagram live with profanity. Don't talk about girls in not so good ways on your Instagram story. Don't do what Antonio Brown did. I love this story. Anybody know what happened here? This is a Facebook Live that Antonio Brown, one of the biggest stars in the NFL, dancing with the stars champ, big influence he's got, right? He's in the locker room after the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the wild card round of the NFL playoffs. They're gonna play the New England Patriots the next week. Mike Tomlin's in the background right now, the head coach. He's calling the Patriots some derogatory names. Okay? He's predicting victory to his team. He's hyping him up. And Antonio Brown started a Facebook Live and caught it in the audio. Big story breaks out. Everybody says, Antonio Brown shouldn't have been doing that. He shouldn't have been doing that. The rule is that you cannot post within 90 minutes of the end of an NFL game. No athlete's allowed to do that. That's, that's wrong that he did that. Now, the reason that rule exists is because the NFL has big media deals with ESPN, NBC, CBS to protect from guys doing this and distracting their first dibs, so to speak, of being able to talk to the players. And yet, Brown had been doing this all year long. Nobody was watching. He'd been breaking the rule all year long. Come to find out, Facebook paid Brown $500,000 to do the Facebook Live. But what do you do if you're Roger Goodell? Is there a rule that says Facebook can't do that? Is Facebook a direct competitor of NBC? No. Who's more powerful if Goodell and Mark Zuckerberg sit down at the table? It's not even close. Mark Zuckerberg. Facebook's 100 plus times the size of the NFL. Yet, if NBC and Dick Ebersol sit down with Roger Goodell, who's more powerful? Goodell. NBC needs the programming. See, it's a different world. And the player and the team is becoming more of a broadcaster every day. And it's changing the economics of sports. The SEC has a multi-billion dollar deal with ESPN. That's how the SEC network came about. They're five years into it, five years left, and there's billions still owed 
to the SEC from ESPN. ESPN can't get out of it. They bought those rights. So what did they do this year? Oh, they fired a couple hundred broadcasters. Did you guys see that news? The unit economics are changing. What's the SEC deal going to be in 2022? I predict it'll be with Netflix, Amazon. It's going to look a lot different, that's for sure. So you see a lot of focus when you go to these schools on the don'ts, all the horror stories of social media. But the reality is, y'all are young. You're 21. You're 22 years old. If you're an athlete, you're playing sports. You want to use social media. Everybody wants to use social media. Should you hear all the don'ts and just do nothing? No, it's not realistic. It's a study. Athletes spend at least, student athletes, at least 90 minutes a day on social media. Most spend much more. So let's look at the do's. I mean, this kid right here actually has twice as many followers now. This is LaMelo Ball. He's a, uh, a high school kid playing in Chino Hills, the youngest of the Ball brothers, right? So he actually has 2.5 million followers now. 15,000 people watch this kid tie his shoes. So I don't know, you figure it out. But the point is, is right here you have real values in the marketplace for a post or a published piece based on how many followers you have. So the worth of somebody's account is, is real, right? Um, so the problem uh, when it comes to this disconnect is, is something that, that I take very seriously and we're, we're wanting to address. But we also want to address this secondary part of the problem, and that is I call it strategy-less tactics. So I'm going to let my, uh, my advisory board member, Tiki Barber, who uh, NFL great and a really wise guy, big startup entrepreneur, actually uh, runs a company called Thusio. He's the co-founder of, and it's an influencer marketing platform for uh, former athletes. And so Tiki and I talk about this whole uh, strategy-less tactics thing uh, here in this, this one-minute video. <coughs> I tell people a lot, it's funny to me, or maybe it's more ironic than funny, that some of the best leaders are leading college football programs, and everybody knows leadership is a combination of strategy yep. and tactics, yep. right? So no team goes on the field without a strategic plan for that game, yeah. and then the players that are the most talented and best at executing that plan are the ones who tactically carry it out, right? It's been going on since the history of war. I mean, strategy, tactics. Yet the same leaders are running programs without any strategy for their student-athletes on social media, knowing that their student-athletes are definitely going to spend 90 or more minutes a day on it yep. doing the tactics. Yep. So there's no strategy. So let's talk about how we get there. 
So the solution, it's built around a process that's streamlined by a product. Say it again, it's built around a process that's streamlined by a product. So as you enter the world, you're gonna, you're gonna meet uh, a lot of different types of folks that solve problems. But in this space, you're gonna see a lot of people that use a process, which is consulting. So they come in and they use their experience, they use their knowledge, and they consult for a business, a company, a sports team, right? And then you're gonna meet others that have a product, right? A tech product that uh, solves a problem. We decided we wanted to hit it with both because we felt like that was a competitive advantage for us. So the process uh, is called Organize, Equip, Develop. And uh, we're gonna organize to help protect your brand, we're gonna equip to help grow your brand, and we're gonna develop to add a really important recruiting asset to your brand. So the organized piece is a CRM system that organizes all of your brand ambassadors in one database. And I'm gonna show you the product in a second. I'll show you Penn State football's account. But uh, basically you have a situation where every social media handle of every coach, recruit, uh, current athlete, former athlete, all in one place, team accounts as well, all in one place. It's kind of like the channel guide just for your brand, just for your team, okay? And so that's the organized piece. The equip piece is, well great, we've got all the channels organized, but we're not just here to monitor them and tell them what not to do. We're here to give them a strategy, including content and messaging, that we're already investing in our videographers and photographers to shoot. Samford Football has videographers and photographers. Samford Athletics has videographers and photographers that are out there shooting content. How can we aggregate it in one place and assign it to individuals that can use it on their personal social medias to grow their personal brand while also complementing Sanford's brand? So that's the equip piece. And then the develop piece. So talking to guys like Tiki, talking to guys like Eddie George, talking to guys like NFL rookie Lewis Neal, a lot of different guys who have been where these young athletes are. And they've learned how to steward their personal brand. They've learned how to grow their personal brand. They've learned how to leverage playing sports after sports is over. And so that's the develop piece, education. So let's jump in to the product, which is basically what this process is built around. So as I said, we'll jump into Penn State football's account. Um, and so, you know, you, you log in and basically as a master user, you got this dashboard that shows you um, how many entries there are in the database. So you have 131 entries of recruits, current athletes, key alumni. 114 of them are considered influencers. Basically that means they have more than 5,000 total followers. So we wanna watch them a little bit closer um, and work with them a little bit closer when it comes to, to content and helping them grow their personal brand. 18 of them are verified. So big opportunity here with this discrepancy because really all 114 of these young men who are playing football or are associated with Penn State football could be verified. We can help make that happen through our relationships with Instagram and Facebook sports through a portal that we can offer Penn State football. As I said, we're not doing anything with them with Facebook. You've got Instagram, you've got Twitter, almost a million uh, people following them when you add up the sum of all of these channels. Yet, when you look at their individual accounts, which are very big for team accounts, there's still a fifth, if that, um, fourth and a fifth on Twitter and Instagram respectively of the total following they could reach. So big opportunity to 4X, 5X the people that see all of this Penn State football content and grow these followings to even reach more people. You got your top 10 influencer accounts, 
guys who are in the league, the NFL, like Navarro Bowman, all the way to Coach Franklin, to the running back uh, and the quarterback, right? So these are the top 10 influencers. You can come in and break this down further. You can actually come in and, and, and look at individuals and get a little deeper uh, into their social medias. Um, you can uh, go into a social feed. It might take a second to load, but basically just these channels and all the content they've posted, whether it's Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, are accessible in one place. It's kind of like a customized tweet deck, if you will, but for all three types of social medias. And so it loads up and you can see all the tweets from these guys um, that represent your brand. And it allows you to see what's going on, but also to identify a lot of these opportunities that I mentioned. Going a little bit further, you got an inbox with notifications. Who are some of the guys who are struggling a little bit, doing some of those don'ts that I talked about earlier, right? You got banned words, um, people who've grown their account and become new influencers. You can even dive in and look at posts with banned words so you can see what they're saying. Um, but the key here is the content hub. And so in the content hub, Penn State can upload content and assign it to players. So let's say, for instance, they uploaded this picture right here. And they want at least McSorley, the quarterback, to know it's out there um, and, and do something with it, right? So they come in here and they assign it to McSorley. Um, uh, maybe they want to assign it to Coach Franklin as well. Anybody who's entered in the database will come up right away. You select them. They get pinged through a text and email, and they're able to now push that out on their individual social medias with whatever they want to say with it, right? So the whole database is accessible here with each piece of content to be able to assign it to specific people and to be able to share it yourself if you're logged in as one of these accounts. So for instance, let's say I'm Coach Franklin, and I'm logged in as Coach Franklin right now. When I go to the My Media tab, any media that's associated with me is up there. So there could be hundreds of pieces throughout this season that are associated with James Franklin or the punter. It doesn't really matter. They have their My Media tab, which is any piece of content from anywhere that was shot throughout the season, cafeteria, on the plane, going to the game, in the game, before the game, after game, all aggregated in one place. We're building a mobile app for the player to have to be able to access it right away and do whatever they want with that. Imagine if you played in the NFL. I, I have a, a really good buddy who lives right down the street from me. Played 10 years in the NFL. Won a Super Bowl. He would love if the Giants had been doing this during his NFL career. He would love it even more if Auburn was doing it. And 10, 20 years after he's playing, he will always have the digital library of the pictures and videos associated with his career. Imagine that. Right? And so this is aggregating that for any of the athlete channels, any of the recruit channels, the key alumni channels that are associated with the schools who pay a subscription to be a client of Influencer. So that's a quick run through of the system. I talked about the educational content. We basically get together. I talked earlier also about how I love to create content. Um, I basically travel around, meet with schools, grow our business, but I also try to meet with athletes and tell them what we're doing and get them to talk to young athletes. And so we built this library of content with well-known athletes talking about personal brands, social media, all these different things. And so basically, we, um, we launched this July 1st. As I said, I, I exited Iron Tribe one year ago. I spent the first six months or so working with my wife to launch Glow. So the last six months or so working to get this launched. We have two full-time engineers who are dedicated to this, this uh, business on a daily basis, dedicated to building new features with our technology, listening to our customers. Uh, we launched with uh, Kentucky as our first big client. 
Uh, they have multiple sports on board. The way our subscriptions work is there's a base fee uh, that's charged um, for one team at a school to come on board. And then for each additional team, there's an, we call it additional team seat subscription fee. It's an annual subscription. And um, additional schools like Auburn football, uh, UAB football, and others have come on board since. And we started with a really conservative goal. We said, how can we come in and we, we can help schools um, really grow their brand reach, protect their brand, and add a recruiting asset with our software right away with what we've built, but also listen to them. And for the first 10 clients, listen a little extra so that we can continue to build things that we know will be valuable for the next 10 clients and beyond. And so in the first six months, our focus is let's get 10 clients on board and we're halfway there and we're not even three months in. But in this first six months, can we get to 10? And can we over-deliver to these 10 teams, these 10 clients, and listen to them so that our two engineers, soon to be three, we're making a new engineer hire next month, can, can we build what we're hearing and, and create something so valuable that we can go into Facebook, where I was a few weeks ago, and meet with Facebook Sports and be valuable to them for a partnership because they're trying to help sports teams and athletes act like broadcasters. Because if they do that, we'll go watch Facebook live feeds instead of CBS and I could partner with pro sports agencies who want their athletes to think more like this because it helps them work with them on endorsement deals that will be more valuable or helps them bridge out of sports. Those are what's in our futures, pro sports, uh, partnerships, things that go beyond college sports. But we started here and we've had a, we've had a, a good beginning to, to this business, which I'm excited about. So I'll end with this. You have my email address. Um, that's my handle on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and, uh, and LinkedIn. And then for influencer, that's our Twitter handle. And I just would love for you to engage with me all three ways, one of the three ways, however you want. But my goal is to um, come in and let you see what's happening a few miles away from where you're going to school and show you the opportunity uh, to potentially be a part of what we're doing. What do those opportunities look like? Well, we're definitely looking to bring on two interns. Um, and it's a trial at the beginning that's more about getting you credits if you need them, but it's something that can grow into a paid role, um, part-time paid role. So that's the, the, that's the first opportunity is two internships that, that we're starting to explore and, and look for. And then, yeah, I mean, the second opportunity is we're going to grow our team. We're two and a half months old. We've already got a team of five. I'm dedicated to reinvesting into this business and making sure that we build a team that can scale this technology to uh, over 1,000 teams over the next five years. So um, thank you, and I'd love to leave it open for questions. So are you guys focusing at all in, on Facebook, or are you, because it seemed like 10 We're built to. Okay. But the problem is, is um, not, not as much of a problem, it's just the reality is that their student athletes really aren't doing much on Facebook. So uh, we track their team account on Facebook, okay. but um, there's really not a big presence after that. And every team's different. Kentucky basketball, we use Facebook um, for some of their players and, and for their coaches. Um, so when you leave it up to the teams, is it like the teams are the ones using the software, or is it your engineers putting out like different stuff for the teams? The teams are the ones using the software, so when they pay an annual subscription, they get trained on it, supported on it, but ultimately, they're, um, 
able to see everything going on with their team brand through what I showed you, which our team puts all that in when we launch with you. And then they're able to uh, give the, the media staff access to upload content and assign it to athletes. And then the athletes use it in a way where they just get pinged every time there's content with them instead of having to ask the photographer, hey, can you text me or whatever it might be. Does that make sense? So we have UAB, we have um, Kentucky football, we have Kentucky basketball, we have Auburn football, um, and then we have commitments. Um, we also have the Gulf South Conference, which is a Division II league that we're working on, um, a trial with some of their schools. Um, we have trials with uh, Penn State we're working on a trial with. So trial allows us to let a team use it for a certain length of time and then create basically pain of disconnect where, you know, okay, the trial's over, you can either pay a subscription or we're gonna turn it off. And we're starting to do more of those as well uh, because we're getting introductions through, through all these other teams. But, but yeah, those are our initial batch of clients. Obviously, you were talking about the colleges and stuff like that. Do you think this has a future in like, the sports too? Yes, definitely. I mean, the only reason that I started at the college level was the passion I talked about earlier with wanting to help student athletes think about life after sports. And then I'm in Birmingham. And so we have an office in Nashville and in Atlanta, and I'm in those cities a lot too, and those are great sports towns with a lot of influential sports people, agencies in those towns. And I felt like that was where we needed to start, but the goal is, the reason I have a full-time sales leader working and getting us in more schools is so I can start thinking about that and travel around and meet with the Facebook sports of the world, meet with the CAAs and the Lee Steinbergs and the people who have the power at the pro sports level, because we want to get in there by the end of our first year of business. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, as we, as we really get more usage, we're going to have really good stats for me to answer that with. But subjectively, from just being around the students, doing speeches like this with a room full of student athletes, they're hungry for content because they're all trying to seize the time of them playing college sports. And they want pictures of themselves. I mean, we all do, right? I mean, Everybody's post, that's why Instagram exists. I mean, Instagram, most people's photos have pictures of them in the photo. So if we can get people photos, and especially videos, with them in it, um, they're hungry for it. And, and so I think we'll have more data behind that after a year of doing it, but so far we're already seeing it. So you said that your buddy would have liked to have his database 10 years later. If you discontinue your subscription, do you still have access to Yes, the athlete, yes, yes. Because you gotta think about it, it's not fair to the athlete to all of a sudden you know, have it turned off because the client, which is their team, or, or maybe they get traded or they transfer, right? So the athlete, once they have, it's kind of like an invitation only app that we're building. Right now they access everything through, through text message. So, um, or through the mobile site that I showed you. But they'll always have access to the app once they're invited for the first time. And that's, that's why we, we, are, we started speaking to players associations like the NFL about what a great investment this is for them to be able to show their athletes that they're investing in them in the long term, right? Because a former player is saying stuff like that, and many of them are. So it's a great question. Um, so you said like they, you try to attract the recruits too. Is that difficult if they're like being like recruited by multiple schools to be like able to get them on each page? Well, to get them to share content, um, 
might be a challenge because they have to authorize the system to be able to access the content and push it out. But as far as like watching what they're what they're doing, like anybody can, right? It just takes more time if you're not using our software. So you know, it's not difficult to know what music your recruit likes so that you can use that when they're on their visit and customize their visit for them or to know if they're talking about some of your rival schools because you can see that in their profile and their tweets. Um, but as far as getting them to push out content, which they also want, if you've been watching the recruiting game, I mean, Pitt has made it popular and now every school's doing it, but Pitt football started creating designs for the athletes that they're recruiting once they verbally commit. And it does two things. Number one, the design of me while I'm still in high school with my pit uniform on with cool graphics around it. Number one is cool for me to push out. Number two, it's kind of like signing before signing, right? It's like you said you're going to do this. Like it's going to look funny if you don't now. You're out there with the pit brand on you, right? And you can now do that um, on September 1st for the two classes back, right? So, you know, the recruiting rules are adapting to it. Cool. Well, listen. You have my contact info. If you want to talk one off, I would love to hear from you. And we are actively recruiting for those internships. So I hope you'll uh, at least consider it. I know everybody's got different needs when it comes to internships. And if you don't need credits, you might be wondering why you'd want to do it. But I still think it's a great opportunity. So thanks for your time and thanks for having me. Really enjoyed the opportunity to speak to such a great young group. Love the questions that they asked at the end. And uh, as we grow our company, uh, doing these kind of talks is, is a lot of fun because we get to talk to teams when we launch uh, and activate uh, our software on a campus with a sports team. But getting to talk to students who want to be leaders in the sports world is, is important. So really enjoyed the talk. Really thankful to Darren White and Samford University for having me. You can follow Influencer on Twitter, I-N-F-L-C-R. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Jim Caval. Um, and of course, follow the journey of this business uh, by going to inflcr.com and clicking on the blog. Go to the Beyond Ball blog. There's a lot of good stuff on there. Follow me uh, in my journey as well uh, alongside this, this new brand we're building at jimcaval.com. And keep listening to this podcast. We love sharing stuff with you so that you can, uh, during your journey, literally while you're driving uh, or traveling, can listen to our journey. Thanks again. And we'll be back with another episode very soon.